the Internet's only all-business and financial radio network, Voice America Business. Good day, and welcome to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis. PR Insider is brought to you by www.us.cision.com, whose world-famous Bacon's Media Database is updated more than 10,000 times per day. Take your PR to the next level. Now, here's your host, Maureen Kettis. Good morning. Welcome to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis. And today's episode is a Thinking Man, Thinking Woman's Philosopher's episode. We're going to be discussing the ethics of PR, or at least raise the question, can you be ethical and be a publicist? Uh, before we meet our guests, I just have a couple of quick notes. Mark your calendars now. We are air live every Tuesday, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern Standard on Voice America Radio Network's business channel. And I want to thank our wonderful sponsor, Cision. Visit their website, us.cision.com. They research, evaluate, distribute, and track. <clears throat> a great tool for all publicists. For the future, we do take call-ins and emailed questions, so email me now. Go to prinsider.biz to learn more. And don't forget to sign up for email alerts. You can um, always get archived episodes on Voice America's website. Just look for my host page, and we'll also be giving away prizes. So on to the show. Let's get deep. Get your thinking caps on and uh, get on your yarmulke. My first guest is Anne Subervi, the founder of Utopia Communications, Inc., which is www.utopiacommunications.biz, an ethically focused public relations firm based in Red Bank, New Jersey. Anne is also a member of the prestigious Counselors Academy section of the Public Relations Society of America, and she's chair-elect for 2010 and an endorsed ethics trainer in the, to the PR industry. She frequently lectures on ethics and public relations and writes a blog titled The Ethical Optimist, which you can find at ethicaloptimist.com, and it discusses ethical issues within the PR industry. My second guest is Rabbi Chaim Mentz, a personal friend, neighbor, mentor, and spiritual guide. He's an Orthodox rabbi, but he has the most secular congregation in the cosmopolitan L.A. area. His website is chabadofbelair.org. In case somebody doesn't know how to spell Chabad, it's C-H-A-B-A-D of belair.org. He's uh, created a name for his congregation with his own unique brand of PR and marketing in a city with the reputation of being ethically void. He had a cable TV show for six years on basic Judaism and was on KFI radio for five years with a 4.5 rating, which is best for any weekend show in Los Angeles. Rabbi and Anne, welcome to the show. Welcome, Thank welcome. you. Good to see you. Good to speak to you. So let me ask you a question first. Um, why do publicists get such a bad reputation? Any, anybody have a take on that? Sure. I, you know, first off, publicity is just one tactic of many that's employed by a public relations professional. So those who focus solely on publicity, um, you know, we call them publicists, and there's a great deal of pressure exerted on publicists by their clients now more than ever to deliver results in the form of media placements. And I think as a result, some will say and do pretty much anything to get their client an interview with the media. And as you know, reporters don't appreciate when a spokesperson's credentials or ability to handle that interview is falsified. In the end, it makes a lousy interview or appearance, and it makes the reporter look bad. Now, if you look at who's writing the negative comments about PR people as a whole, it's usually those in the media who've been burned by some of these, these publicists. And I think it stems from a larger problem in the industry, um, because a lot of publicists tend to be lower-level tacticianers. They're usually 
young, their pay is not that high, they don't receive the training they should, and um, so they continue to make these mistakes, and it, it hurts the profession overall. So that's kind of my take on, on why they're getting a bad rap. Uh, Rabbi, do you have a... You know, another reason we could be also is because, let's be honest, this is all about spin. Spin, spin, spin. You can go and have a, a superstar that's on drugs, and all of a sudden... Uh, you have uh, you know somebody putting out PR there, and all of a sudden saying, "Oh, it's not what you really think. It's this and this," and people are starting to get sick and tired. Yes, could very well be because of the young people that are in there. Because just get anything out there, anything goes, and people are starting to look at um, people who are in the PR move, uh, you know, in the PR industry. They're saying to themselves, "Who can I believe? What can I really believe?" You know, actions speak louder than words, and um, you're out to manipulate me. You're out to go and tell me how you want me to think about somebody. And, um, you know, you listen, I I read a lot, and I'm being manipulated by a lot of people, and that's what PR is, is, is to the people. I mean, you can take any person in the world and build them up to be the greatest god on earth, and then all of a sudden they could be running for mayor, they could be running for anybody. And uh, that is the job of the PR people. We only want you to know what we want you to know, and anything else is being controlled. So, you know, I I have to disagree with that to some extent, and I'll tell you why. What you're referring to is celebrity PR, and that's what's very visible to people in the news media, shows like Entertainment Tonight, People Magazine, etc. And yes, publicists for those types of individuals will spin quite a bit. But when you look at the rank and file of people in the PR industry, these are people who work for wonderful organizations like the American Cancer Society, like St. Jude's Hospital, and like a million other local grassroots businesses and organizations and nonprofits. These people, their job is to get the information out to the public, to help the public make good decisions, and to make sure that their company or organization is clearly communicating with with local communities where they do their work. So to categorize all PR people as the type of PR people that represent the Britney Spears of the world really is inaccurate and unfair to the profession. I agree with you on the same token. On the same token, I don't think people are looking at the people who are the PR people for the Cancer Society as spin doctors. They're looking at when people are getting a bad rap, it's the people who are used for celebrity, or, you know, a car. All of a sudden, this is the greatest car in the world. And then all of a sudden, they find out there's a thousand things wrong with it. So all of a sudden, you get a bunch of spin doctors going in and saying, well, it wasn't this, it wasn't this fault, it was that fault. Um, and society in general is starting to realize, it says, what can you believe anymore? Mm-hmm. But if you're talking about an organization for the Heart Association, you're right. They're going to go out and tell you, this is what's going on with the heart. This is what we do. We're going to try to help you. Those are great people getting a true message out there. Um, but when you're discussing, you know, the ethics and, you know, what's wrong with public relations, it's unfortunately, the, I'm bringing up the people that are giving them the bad rap. You want to talk about the good thing? Usually that, that does not make the news. Let me ask good you people who do good things. Both of you. Um, is, you know, does the media have any responsibility in this? I mean, because, um, you know, they tend to, if you, if you spin it right, you know, they, they tend to buy... And they, they need an easy story handed to them on a plate, all done and perfect, and they put it on the air. So where is the responsibility? Who's got that ethical responsibility? Well, you know, there's, there's the old, if it bleeds, it leads. So the media are always going to take stories that are controversial in nature and have a little bit of pizzazz to them and sex sells. So they're going to go after those stories that are going to get the attention of the general public. 
But they do, I believe, have an ethical responsibility. And the Society of Professional Journalists have a very clear code of ethics, as do many media outlets themselves. But now you have a media world that is quickly changing, and you have a lot of people out there as the newsrooms start to shrink in size due to economic pressures. You have a lot of folks out there that are contributing editors, that are freelancers, that are bloggers who call themselves journalists, but they're really citizen journalists. And they don't necessarily follow these ethical guidelines, which I think is starting to really muddy the waters. Yeah, it's like the wild, wild west out there now. Absolutely. It definitely is. I mean, with YouTube, people just can go and, you know, photo. With Photoshop, you can doctor anything that there is out there. problem with media is, as it was just said, it's, it's driven also by finances. Um, you know, if Chevrolet or, or, or if iPhone is putting an ad on ABC, NBC, or CBS, and this is one of their big, huge, um, you know, sponsors, you're not going to find the people at ABC, NBC, or CBS going saying, let me tell you what the problem with iPhone is. And the reason is, is because they know which side of the bread their butter is going to be put upon. So the same thing is, you know, is it the job of the journalist? So some independent journalists may be able to go about doing this kind of things, mm-hmm. but we are driven. It's all about the bottom line. When it comes to PR, it's all about the bottom line, and there's so many different, um, we're able to see it, you know, whether it's politics or whether it's, you know, you're able to see. If it's Fox, it's driven to the right. If it's, it's CNN, MSNBC, you know, it's, sometimes it's driven to the left. Everybody's starting to recognize that these are corporations that are driven by ideologies, and it could be something, a product of GE. Do you think NBC all of a sudden is going to have on Dateline and bring out one of the problems that GE has with one of the washer and dryers? Of course not. So the, the, corp, the corporate values really come into play um, if you're trying to be ethical with, with a big corporation. Or for you, Rabbi, if you're, if you're, you're promoting your congregation or your, your, your radio show, um, you have to consider the core, you have to keep going back to the core values uh, rather than the bottom line. Right. You, you see, well, being a rabbi, I'm not, I am selling a product. I'm definitely selling a product. It's not only that I'm just selling Judaism, but I'm up against one of the hardest things that there are out there is because, like, you introduced me with the word orthodox. What would be if you didn't use the word orthodox and said, he's a traditional rabbi? And all of a sudden, everybody starts thinking, oh, he's a traditional rabbi, that's cool. The word orthodox in today's world connotates right-wing, very close-minded, very, very, very religious. I would never be able to um, associate myself with such a, such a person. So even words, when you package them, I even when I have to go and, quote, sell myself, I have to make sure that, yes, I am a Chabad, that is exactly what I am. People know that he's very religious, very... But instead of selling Chabad of Bel Air, I sell Rabbi Mintz. I sell myself, I allow who I am and what my congregation is about to be my selling point instead of using certain words. Because certain words all of a sudden put up doors and say, you know, I can't can't go there. He's orthodox. I'm intermarried. There's no way I can walk into that congregation because I know how orthodox people feel when it comes to any intermarriage in any religion. So you have to... Go ahead. Yes. You have to package yourself carefully, but in a way that you're letting people know up front. Yes, I am Chabad, but as you noticed, you said personal friend. I didn't ask you to say that, but that, <laughs> is, the best P- but that is the best PR that I get in my congregation. Would I go to such a place? 
unless it was really cool, unless it's really great. So, and Anne, what about you with, the, with, sorry to interrupt, with, um, you know, with uh, companies you work with that maybe are a little controversial or have a messaging problem, I would imagine. Oh, I, I think the rabbi made a great point. You know, the words that we choose are critical, and what frustrates me about the criticism of the public relations industry is the word spin and the word spin doctor. Now, when we talk about carefully packaging and choosing the most effective words to communicate, some say that that's spin. You know, I would argue it's not. It's just a different way to frame a message so that people can understand it and so that it is relevant to them, much like the rabbi just said, using the word traditional instead of orthodox. But you can still be honest. You can still communicate a clear, transparent, honest message, but you choose your words carefully. And so to say the word spin connotates deception. And in some cases, I do agree people do spin, they do deceive. But, you know, again, we have to look carefully when you package something so that people can better understand it and it has relevance in their lives, you know, to call that spin across the board, again, does the profession a disservice. Well, we're going to have to um, take a a little break, and I think this is really actually fascinating. Um, When we come back, we are going to have more PR ethics discussions with my guest, Rabbi Mensa Pabad of Belair.org and Anne Subervi of UtopiaCommunications.biz. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Money, money, up-to-date business and financial news. Money, money. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business. Webster's Dictionary defines a vertex as the highest point, the summit. The word vertex is derived from Latin, meaning to turn or to spin. If you have a product or service that needs exposure to a desired marketplace, shouldn't the idea be to reach the summit? To turn the tide of public opinion in your favor? To put some positive spin on so that success is in your future? If you run a major corporation and pay for expensive in-house public relations services, or if you're working from home yet need to know how to promote your new product or service, or if you fall somewhere in between, Vertex Communications, a public relations firm, is here to turn the tide on public opinion for you and your product. Vertex Communications, helping you communicate to the Vertex. Contact Vertex Communications at VertexPR.com to get an honest, straightforward assessment of your PR profile and a plan that will work for you, not against you. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-P-R.com. Communicate to the Vertex. Decisions Communication Intelligence allows organizations to tell their story effectively. Whether they're speaking to TV networks or social networks, the company's Cision Point web platform integrates the world-class Bacon's Media Database with global media monitoring and analysis services. It gives communications professionals the tools they need to optimize their performance and build corporate and brand reputation. Find us on the web at www.us.cision.com. That's us.cision.com. C-I-S-I-O-N dot com. Stocks, bonds, 401ks, investments, refinancing. We can help you. 
Call now toll free 866-472-5790 866-472-5790 Voice America Business You're listening to PR Insider with your host Maureen Kettis brought to you by Cision on the web at us.cision.com Maureen and her guests would love to hear from you during the live show please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 you can also email your questions to be addressed on the show send your email to Maureen at prinsider.biz that's Maureen at prinsider.biz now back to the show. Welcome back to PR Insider, sponsored by Cision. Visit them at their website, us.cision.com. I'm your host, Maureen Kettis, and we're talking with Anne Subervi, founder of Utopia Communications, Inc. You can find her at utopiacommunications.biz and Rabbi Chaim Mentz of Chabadofbelair.org. So, we were discussing the PR and ethics, and... Um, I want to first find out, um, and you have a very unique uh, business model. I want to find out how you get your clients and why would they come to a, a company that is all about ethics. Why, why would a corporation care in this fiscal economy to uh, go to a company like you? Sure. You know, it's funny. When I founded Utopia, I did it because I was tired of the way the PR profession was portrayed. You know, throughout my 25 years in the business, I met incredibly dedicated, smart, and highly principled professionals. Um, the titles of spin doctor and flack, they graded on me. So I started Utopia to show the world that ethical PR is not an oxymoron. And I thought it would help me to sell my services. But, you know, a funny thing happened during my first few business presentations. After I introduced myself and went into what our company philosophy was and why we were different, the prospects on the other side of the table started selling themselves to me. Um, they started going into great detail as to why they would fit into our organization because of their ethical standards and philosophies. It, it was almost as if they wanted to be worthy of us. And at the beginning, I was kind of shocked. That never happens in a PR pitch. Um, and then I began to realize that people who run ethical, honest businesses are longing to find business partners that share their values, and they want to buy into that, that dream of doing well by doing good, and that trust is a critical element in, in the sale of any business. It's funny because um, the rabbi's email is do one good one. Why, why is that your email address? <laughs> because I'm letting you know the whole purpose of us talking is eventually that each person should do one good one deed. That's the bottom line. We, you know, you want to go and transform the world for goodness and kindness. I'm not out to manipulate anybody. That's exactly what I'm all about, do one good one. When you look at Utopia Communications at her website, you're able to see that it, it is exactly what she's trying to say. She has wonderful, wonderful clientele, but she's advertising, this is who we are. In other words, she's letting you know, and I bet you when she's sitting and talking to the people, you're able to see the people are exactly the way the organization is. What you see is what you get. It's the same way as how I have to advertise. In other words, I don't, I don't advertise. I don't have even a sign in front of my synagogue. I don't even go and pay in newspaper advertising, come to me. How people get to know me is, is either through word of mouth. But the moment I get to know you or I hear about you, the first thing I say to you is, why don't you come to my home and meet my family? 
my family, by doing one-on-one, when you get to see people, when you get to see my wife, when you get to see my kids, all of a sudden you say like this, whoa, this is a normal family. This is a normal group of people. This is a place that I can get to know. My kids can get to know your kids. Remember, I'm trying to advertise a synagogue. Right. And, 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 and you've got to be honest. And, you know, when you go to these high, flashy people, oh, yeah, I can do this chip chalk. I have all of these connections, and we can get this out there in 15 seconds. The flash sounds good. Okay, so what? So then that that brings up a point. Is there anybody who wouldn't make the snuff for Anne for your to be a client in your company and and Rabbi to be a part of your congregation? Have you ever had to say to someone, "You don't belong here" or "We can't work together"? Yeah, absolutely. You know what we do? You know we're trying very hard to walk the walk, and so what we do is when a client prospect approaches us, we look at their website, we Google them. We try to find out as much about them as we possibly can. We go to our networking contacts to see who knows about them. We look at news coverage that they've received in the past to see if there are any red flags. And then, as the rabbi said, we meet them and really try to get a bead on them. There's a lot you can tell about a person in that first meeting, you know, if there's a connection there. And then I work with my team to decide, is this client someone we want to work with. And as an agency, you know, we have to be careful because one of the things a friend warned me about when I started Utopia was, he said, Ann, be careful if you put yourself up on a pedestal because it's really easy to get knocked off. So we're very careful in the type of clients that we'll represent. What about you, Rabbi? Is there any? It's a different situation because you're, you're you know, selling a religion. But I'm selling a religion, but, the, but you, there is times that you have to say to people, please leave. For example, let's say somebody comes in and they're A, disruptive. B, um, they literally go around telling everybody negative things and, and making fights between each other. Immediately you have to walk over to the person and say, we open the doors to you because we want you, just like everybody else, to have a conducive environment. But if somebody's all of a sudden become a black hole and start separating everything from everything, you've got to let that person know. Says there are a lot of other synagogues out there. The reason why you love this place is that you're destroying and you have to let people, because if you continue allowing that person to continue staying, then the people that you're really trying to help are going to stop coming. Right. So you have to be, you know, you, I have, like I told you, I have intermarried people. You know, it, it's crazy you have to say this in today's world. Yes, I have gay people coming to my congregation. It makes no difference. You want to have your life improved. You want to have a wonderful relationship in Judaism. Then this is a place that you can come into. But like I told you before, it's not the name of the synagogue so much. It's more who we are and what we're all about. You know, being a rabbi, God works only through PR. God only works through PR. The very, very first person that God spoke to and said, I'm going to choose you, was Abraham. He was a PR agent. He was telling everybody about God. You've got to realize, without good PR, you ain't going to get anything sold in this world. Wow, but how did Abraham do it? He didn't go out and tell everybody, this is the way God wants it to be. He didn't go and say to him, you've got to accept this. He said, come to my tent. Come for lunch. Come for breakfast. Let's have an educational dialogue. And that is the way the good word of the God went around. That's, you can't beat such a way to go and do PR. <laughs> Absolutely. I always think of, you know, even on, on, on the New Testament side, St. Paul as being one of, the, one of the critical PR people. You know, he issued the first press releases in the form of his letters to the Romans and the Ephesians. And, you know, he was out there, you know, trying to educate 
and share knowledge and start a dialogue with people, you know, which is what public relations is all about. It's a dialogue. And what's I think beautiful about that. What's beautiful about what you just said is when you start putting stuff out there, writings, teachings, etc., you're already allowing the masses, if you're in a free society, to debate what is true and what's not true. When you are a person putting out ethical, true public relations, the second you put it into print, the second you put it up onto the Internet, now everybody's able to dissect it. And you want to, the truth will always stand no matter which way you cut the dice. Mm-hmm. And that is what is important in today's world because, unfortunately, um, I'm not talking about an Ann's case, but I'm talking about in general out there, a lot of PR is put out there, and then all of a sudden person says, oh, if it's slanted this way, it's wrong. If it's slanted that way, it's wrong. Good PR and good spin, or not spin, I should say, but good teaching people what your product is, no matter if you're from the right or from the left, from the up, from the down, no matter which way you look at it, it all is able to educate you in a proper way. And that's why the credibility of the professional that puts it out there is more important than ever. You know, Mm -hmm. journalists trust certain PR people over others Mm -hmm. because they know that they tend to communicate ethically and honestly. So I think it becomes more incumbent on the public relations people within organizations to raise their ethical standards because in the end it will better serve their organization and the media people that they communicate with. Because Ann Suburvi is the brand behind Utopia. If that brand is damaged, everything that comes out of the shop is damaged. Mm-hmm. No, 100%, 100%. And that is, unfortunately, not enough out there. I'm not saying there isn't a lot of great mm-hmm. PR places out there, a lot of good PR things out there, but when you're dealing with the masses, when you're dealing with emotions, when you're selling product on emotions, Emotions, emotions are swift, and you've got to catch it quickly. The problem with emotions are there's not one brain cell in a heart, not one brain cell in a heart. We don't want you thinking too much. We want your emotions looking at the product and saying, buy it now. But if they made you think, and if they really told you how much it really costs, or if they, if they told you how it can break the second you walk out the door, then all of a sudden your brain cell says, I'm not buying it. So there's a lot of you know, public relations out there on, on things that deal only on emotion. But, yes, if you're going to be dealing with, the, you know, the cancer society, yes, you want people to be emotionally involved, but the only way that you can get them emotionally involved is intellectually explain to them the need of what this, what this organization is all about. And that is what utopia, and that is how I would go and do my personal type of PR is. There is a need. People should get closer to Judaism, how to go about doing it. And would you represent like a, a a gun, tobacco, oil type of company ever? I mean, would you, or is it just so against your core values that you just couldn't go there? What if? They you were know, interestingly, I started in the business doing a lot of wine and spirit PR mm-hmm. uh, back in the day, and I was an entertainment publicist when I started out early on. And one of the reasons I started Utopia was so that I could control the type of clients that I wanted to have. You know, when you work for a large agency. You don't really have a choice. You're given an assignment, and you're going to work on that assignment. Um, And I wanted the ability to work only on products, services, and individuals that enhance the human condition. That was our mantra from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And um, so if it's a tobacco or another type of product or or guns, no, we're not going to do it. Um, And we will meet at a team and talk about it if it's something... um, 
you know, we've been approached by other organizations that we just were not comfortable with. You know, we didn't believe in their product. We didn't think it was a good product. You know, nothing is racy as tobacco or alcohol, but if we didn't believe that their product was a good product, we walk away. Well, and Rabbi, what about you? What if um, one of the questions I got from one of my listeners was, um, if, if somebody came to your congregation and they work for the National Pork Association, would you, you know? Oh, of course. <laughs> well, why wouldn't I have this person? What this person does in his personal private life has nothing to do with my congregation. You've got to realize something. There's nothing wrong feeding pork to the world. Problem is for Jewish people eating pork. So if somebody's making a killing, if Farmer John was a a very very a devout Jewish person, are you kidding me? Of course I take a donation from him, <laughs> as long as he's not selling it to the Jewish people. That's not hypocrisy. I mean, I don't have a problem. I wouldn't even have a problem if somebody from the from the NRA would come to my synagogue and want to go and even speak. And the reason is because I would be very upfront. It's people's actions that kill people. If you don't have a gun, you're going to take a knife. If you're not going to have a knife, you're going to give him poison. If you're not going to give him poison, you're going to go and do something else. Cain and Abel didn't use a gun, but they found a way to how to get into a murder. We have to recognize when it comes to what, what is good, what is not good. So pork is not the problem. The pork is the problem of how it's being used and with who. Right. Wow. And, and do you think, and we have to go to break in a second, but do you, do you think seeking the limelight is ethical? People who have a profession, because I, I, I sort of have my feeling on, on the fact that if they have a message to get out, that it's actually a good thing. But do you think someone who seeks the limelight is, can be ethical at the same time? I don't think Abraham would have been succeeded if he stayed under a rock. Exactly. You know, I think you can seek the limelight in an ethical manner. And, you know, look at all these famous people who use their fame to the advantage of those less fortunate, mm-hmm. you know, or to benefit social causes or to share a message. Um, it's when you seek fame for fame's sake that I think it's questionable. What was that woman who uh, used to have the big posters in L.A., Angel- Angelique, or the uh, blonde uh, 90-year-old? What was <laughs> She used to drive around in a pink Corvette. Uh, I can't, can't think of her name. Oh, Angeline. Angeline. <laughs> yeah. She lived in Bel Air. So. All right, we needed to stop for a moment and take another break. This is your host, Maureen Kettis on PR Insider. We are sponsored by Cision. Go to their website, us.cision.com. We've been talking to Ann Subervi, the founder of Utopia Communications, Inc., and Rabbi Chaim Mentz of Chabad of Bel Air. And we will be back in a few moments with more discussions of PR and ethics. All we talk about is money. Call us toll-free, 866-472-5790, and talk to the experts. We talk talk money money all the time. time. Voice America Business. Webster's Dictionary defines a vertex as the highest point, the summit. The word vertex is derived from Latin, meaning to turn or to spin. If you have a product or service that needs exposure to a desired marketplace, shouldn't the idea be to reach the summit? To turn the tide of public opinion in your favor? To put some positive spin on so that success is in your future? If you run a major corporation and pay for expensive in-house public relations services, or if you're working from home yet need to know how to promote your new product or service, or if you fall somewhere in between, 
Vertex Communications, a public relations firm, is here to turn the tide on public opinion for you and your product. Vertex Communications, helping you communicate to the Vertex. Contact Vertex Communications at VertexPR.com to get an honest, straightforward assessment of your PR profile and a plan that will work for you, not against you. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-P-R.com. Communicate to the Vertex. Decisions Communication Intelligence allows organizations to tell their story effectively. Whether they're speaking to TV networks or social networks, the company's Cision Point web platform integrates the world-class Bacon's Media Database with global media monitoring and analysis services. It gives communications professionals the tools they need to optimize their performance and build corporate and brand reputation. Find us on the web at www.us.cision.com. That's us.cision.com. C-I-S-I-O-N dot com. Sell, buy, buy, sell. All we talk about is money. Talk to an expert. Call now. Call now. Toll free 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business. You're listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis, brought to you by Cision on the web at us.cision.com. Maureen and her guests would love to hear from you during the live show. Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also email your questions to be addressed on the show. Send your email to Maureen at prinsider.biz. That's Maureen at prinsider.biz. Now, back to the show. Welcome back again to PR Insider, sponsored by Vision. I'm your host, Maureen Kettis, and we've been talking with Anne Subervi, founder of Utopia Communications. Go visit her website, utopiacommunications.biz. She runs an ethically focused public relations firm, and Rabbi Chaim Mentz of Chabad of Bel Air, and he's uh, created a name for his congregation with his own unique brand of PR and marketing in a city with a reputation of being ethically void. <laughs> Those are my words because I live here. Um, uh, Rabbi, you were saying that when you were on the radio, um, you didn't have a publicist. And, and tell me how that, that hurt or affected you. Well, you know, when you have a 4.5 rating in Los Angeles, which is about 650,000 people listening constantly, you're thinking, hey, you know, <laughs> you're at the top of the world. Unfortunately, I didn't really understand the business. And then when a new manager came in and said, you know, I just don't feel comfortable having a rabbi on the radio. So all of a sudden I figured the phone calls would start coming in. Come on. And so I spoke to a few people. They said, you don't got a PR agent. You should have been having yourself PR. You should have been while you were on the radio having people pay you to do commercials and all that kind of stuff. And I said, say what? I had no clue of the importance of how, why PR is important to have even good PR. And it's not about ego. It's just to keep your message or whatever you're about there out there in the world because the day that you're off the radio, no one's going to know how to contact you. Right, and it, and I think that's that goes back to getting you know getting your message out, and that's you know getting in the limelight for for a good cause. Um, mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you, um, you uh, tell me about your tra- you train other agencies and, and and how you got started in the business. Sure, you know I I got started in the PR business. I came out of Syracuse University with a with a BS in PR. You get a little chuckle out of that, um, <laughs> and. Um, 
as I went down this ethical path, what happened was I was going back there for my master's. And my professor said to me, what do you want your final project to be on? And I said, well, I'd like to talk about the link between being ethical and being successful. And he, he literally laughed and said, um, well, good luck, because <laughs> I don't know how the heck you're going to do that. And I said, well, I'm going to prove that you can start a business based on ethics and you can succeed. And that's how I started Utopia, actually. And during that journey, one of my colleagues, Dr. Carol Orsborn, who's a professor of, uh, has a Ph.D. in religion and ethics, um, had done a lot of research in the PR industry about ethics training and ethics in general and wrote a book called Trust Incorporated. And she put together a three-hour workshop to teach public relations practitioners uh, you know, the, the compliance and laws of, of, of the industry, as well as how to think through ethical dilemmas and try to come to the best decision based on the best information you can. And because she knew I was so entrenched in my ethics research and, and trying to raise the bar in the industry, she suggested that I become one of their endorsed trainers to the industry. And for the last two years, I have been going into a variety of agencies across the country and running these workshops and really getting into the trenches with their, their teams and kind of seeing what ethical dilemmas are out there and what folks are facing and trying to get them to think in a different way. Wow. And, 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 and Rabbi, how about you? Are you, do you, are you, you, know, are you training people in ethics in, within your congregation? Well, constantly. I hope, <laughs> I hope every time people walk into my congregation, I give them a way of thinking and how to go out into the world. You see, in my kind of business, it's more about how it, it's, it's, it's like when you go home. How do you talk to your kids? How do you talk to your workers? How do you talk to the people on the street? How do you have a relationship with God? So, you know, each time we're, we're put into this world to be a light onto the world. So the question is, how do you allow your light to be? Unfortunately, um, many human beings do not show their light in the proper way, and other people do. So how do you make that change? So with every speech... But most of all, like I said to you before, it's all about me, my family, how we live our lives. That is the best way to be a teacher. Is there That's a certain the holiday that, that, that most discusses this sort of issue of, of, of ethics? Or would it be Yom you Kippur? Can, Yom Kippur is a, is a wonderful time in how to speak about how we can make great changes in our lives, which God willing people will take for the whole year. But, I, but every time somebody comes to my congregation, whenever I give a speech or I give a class, by me it's not the speech. It's more about did I get that person thinking? Did I, did I move that person to go and say, mm, I feel good about myself and I can maybe take the next, next step closer to doing something better in this world? If I didn't, then personally, and this is, this is where I have my response, I feel I failed. You wasted your time coming to my congregation. So I constantly feel the pressure that I have to motivate people. It doesn't mean they have to become religious, but at least the light, more of their light can be revealed and to And where the world. is that coming from? Where is that desire or need to, to do that? Where is that coming from for, it's, for you? It's, it's since, I was, since I was a little boy, my mentor, Rabbi Schneerson, uh, the head of the Chabad Lubavitch World Movement, um, he, he, it was his teachings. He says, we were put into this world to transform this world into a world of good. Jewish people have their way of doing it. Non-Jewish people have their way of doing it. The question is, how do you go about revealing that light? And God gave us a way about how about going doing it. You know, there are many people out there that say, if you, if you don't agree with me, 
then I don't want to have anything to do with you. We have that in the elections today, the left versus the right, the right versus the left, Muslims versus Christians, Christians versus Jews, Jews versus Muslims. If, but God made this world that there should be a unified way of doing things. And the ultimate way of doing things is sharing the ideas. Wow. Um, you're teaching a class, uh, I forgot what you call it, the Roadmap to the Soul? or Oh, yeah, GPS, the GPS to the Soul Maps is one of the most, you know, it's God positioning system. He gave each and every one of us a soul. The question is, that soul, instead of using the word soul, we can use a, another word called the consciousness. Each time we go and say, we want, we want to lose weight. We really do want to lose weight, but we don't go about doing it. Why don't we? We see this person, they irk, it irks me. Why does something like this come through you, and how do you control it? And I'm, the more I'm studying and preparing for this class, I, I, I'm amazed what kind of a rotten dude I am and how much more I can become a better person. Wow. It's really good. What about you, Anne? Do you, do you um, after you are teaching others about ethics, do you sort of do self-exploration? Yeah, you constantly have to self-correct. You know, it, it goes with the territory. We all make mistakes. The, the object here is to try to improve yourself as you go along. And, you know, what I found in the teaching is that most people truly want to be ethical. They desire that. When I go in to teach a course, actually, you know, there's a lot of people in the room and they're thinking, ugh, she's going to come in here and talk about morality. You know, and that's not what I do. Because, as the rabbi pointed out, the world is becoming a very complex place. You know, in America, it's not just the Judeo-Christian, you know, um, uh, mindset anymore. You have a lot of different cultures. You have a lot of different ways of looking at issues. You have um, people who really think very differently from one another. But in the workplace, you still have to move as a team, and you still have to make decisions at a team, as a team. And, and as the rabbi pointed out, you know, people don't realize, you know, why they're making mistakes. And, and I would argue that we have a lot of societal confusion on standards right now. There's much more complexity of issues. There's complexity in the workplace. And there's incredible business pressure on people. So while they want to make good decisions, um, those pressures, those sources of pressures on ethical decision-making, um, you know, confuse them. And so they have to learn how to think through problems without letting those, those outside factors um, guide them. Um, and there's a lot of competing pressures, you know, in the business environment. People are moving faster than ever before, and they're not taking time to be thorough and think things through. And they're, they're also they're compromising their personal and organizational standards because of monetary or job security concerns, especially in this economy. You know, people are desperate to keep their jobs. You know, they, they want to move the needle. They want to make things happen because they know they're constantly going to be called on the carpet for results. And people also are, have a reluctance to raise issues that may be uncomfortable or unpopular. No one likes to be the conscience of the group. People are afraid to speak out. And all those things combined put pressure on being ethical. Right, you're afraid of losing your job, you're afraid of losing the gig, you're afraid of uh, turning the, the client around, or you're afraid of losing a member of your uh, congregation. So you, mm -hmm. yeah, so you make compromises. What is this media boot camp that you do? Oh, the, one of the things that we do, you know, a lot of PR firms will train clients to be media ready, to go out and speak to media. But we put a little different twist on it because what we truly believe is that 
in order to get your message out credibly, you need to be honest. You need to understand the pressures that the media are under. You need to partner with them. Most people go into media training thinking that it's going to be an adversarial relationship. Mm-hmm. And what we try to do is make our clients who, for the most part, we're training CEOs uh, and senior-level professionals to deliver a message. We're trying to teach them this is the pressure that the media is under. This is what they need to do their job and to shine. And then in this corner we have what your objective is. You know, does it meet with theirs? You know, how can you truly be a resource to them? How do you work with the media so that you're not just using them to their own end, but you're bringing benefit to them as well so that it's a mutually beneficial relationship that builds trust and credibility because that will sustain the relationship in the long term. So rather than going at it from, you know, this is the media, they're going to beat you up, here's how to deal with it, we really try to counsel clients and teach them how to work with the media so that everybody is a winner in the end and that there's there's a wonderful relationship long-term that's going to benefit them and that media outlet or or reporter. And I think also, too, in this economy, that kind of uh, messaging, you know, if someone has, when when a lot of people are losing their jobs, they're going to go with people that are, you know, that have the reputation that they can trust. Um, We're going to need to stop for a moment again and take yet another break. Uh, This is your host, Maureen Kedis, and you've been listening to PR Insider. We are sponsored by Cision, and we've been speaking with the lovely Anne Supervy, the founder of Utopia Communications. You can find her at utopiacommunications.biz and Rabbi Chaim Mintz of Chabad of Bel Air. You can find him at www.chabadofbelair.org. And we will be right back. Don't go away. From the stock market floor to your laptop, we are Voice America Business. Webster's Dictionary defines a vertex as the highest point, the summit. The word vertex is derived from Latin, meaning to turn or to spin. If you have a product or service that needs exposure to a desired marketplace, shouldn't the idea be to reach the summit? To turn the tide of public opinion in your favor? To put some positive spin on so that success is in your future? If you run a major corporation and pay for expensive in-house public relations services, or if you're working from home yet need to know how to promote your new product or service, or if you fall somewhere in between, Vertex Communications, a public relations firm, is here to turn the tide on public opinion for you and your product. Vertex Communications, helping you communicate to the Vertex. Contact Vertex Communications at VertexPR.com to get an honest, straightforward assessment of your PR profile and a plan that will work for you, not against you. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-P-R.com. Communicate to the Vertex. Cision's communication intelligence allows organizations to tell their story effectively. Whether they're speaking to TV networks or social networks, the company's Cision Point web platform integrates the world-class Bacon's Media Database with global media monitoring and analysis services. It gives communications professionals the tools they need to optimize their performance and build corporate and brand reputation. Find us on the web at www.us.cision.com. That's us.cision.com. C-I-S-I-O-N dot com. All we talk about is money. Call us toll free 866-472-5790 and talk to the experts. We talk talk money money all the time. time. Voice America Business. 
You're listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis, brought to you by Cision on the web at us.cision.com. Maureen and her guests would love to hear from you during the live show. Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also email your questions to be addressed on the show. Send your email to Maureen at prinsider.biz. That's Maureen at prinsider.biz. Now, back to the show. Welcome back again to PR Insider. I'm your host, Maureen Kettis. If you missed any of our show, go to prinsider.biz, and we provide a link to my host page on Voice America's business channel. You can check out archived episodes. We are on demand 24-7. If you just joined us, I'm your host, Maureen Kettis, and we've been talking with Anne Suburbi, the founder of Utopia Communications, and Rabbi Chaim Mentz of Chabad of Bel Air. Welcome back to the show, guys. So um, we were talking a little bit about how do you bring ethics to a person or a company and then make it stick. So, Anne, did you want to start yeah, with Yeah, you know, I, I used to have a boss that would say, the fish thinks from the head. It was his, his favorite line when he was referring to a lousy company, and he usually meant they had lousy management. And, um, you know, all companies have an ethic. Some have a terrible ethic, and others have a highly principled ethic. Um, I think people think ethics are morals, and it's not. An ethic is a way of doing things. You know, morals are, you know, a gauge of right and wrong. Um, and I truly believe that highly principled ethical leadership is top-driven. Um, an organization's leadership has to determine how it's going to do business. And then they have to make sure that the rank and file clearly understands what's expected of them. You know, um, but it goes beyond that. Um, in addition to understanding the rules of the road, management has to make people understand that they expect them to follow it. Um, I mentioned earlier my, my colleague, Dr. Carol Orsborne. Um, she did this extensive global survey of over 1,500 PR people around the world, different levels of management, and found that less than 10% had ever received any training in the process of ethical decision-making. So even if an employee understands that they're supposed to make the right decisions, you have to teach them how to make the right decisions. You know, it's not just enough to say, here's what you need to do. Management has to enforce it, and it has to train people on how they do that as they go about their jobs day by day. Right, because I think they get, you know, especially PR people get a lot of accolades just for getting placements or, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the short vision. That's the it's short, the short vision. And, yeah. and, Rabbi, what would have happened had Moses come down off the mount with the, with the Ten Commandments and just handed them off without saying, you know, these are from the big man, and this is what we expect of you? You know, would well, they have stuck? Um, well, reality is is that it would have been kind of hard to difficult in that procession because they first heard God speak it. But I understand what you're saying is intellectual ideas will stick. Intellectual ideas, if they're real good and they're able to capture the mind, will really stick, and it will be able to stick if it goes through the test of time. One of the great ways to, another way to understand is how to bring ethics um, into a business place is, is to recognize is that ethics and morals change with the times. Ethics and morals, what was in the 1920s, you know, the morals and ethics of then is totally different today. But principles never change. If this is your principle, it makes no difference. If you're an honest person and that's your principle, it makes no difference if you're going to lose $100,000 on this deal or not. If you go constantly with your principles, 
that everybody's going to recognize you took the big bite because it was principally wrong, you're going to end up doing a lot more business in the long run. You're going to be able to have a workforce that is going to be a lot more people going to be happy to work with you. Why? Because you didn't finagle your morals and your ethics when the times were down. And when a person lives with his principles, wherever they are, it's black and white. The devil's in the gray area. And that's where a lot of morals change. That's where a lot of people's ethics change. That's where a lot of people say, well, my morals aren't your morals. You're right. But my principle is the same principle as yours. And if it's right, it's right. If it's wrong, it's wrong. And, that's a very good that, point. So, um, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I mean, that is the ultimate way in all PR, no matter what the PR is. And people are starting to snuff out. And they're starting to, and there is a backlash. People are starting to roll their eyes. Ugh. You know, there goes another spin. You've got to have good PR people with good principles. And if they live that way, you're going to see their product being able to teach the people the most beautiful way about what you want to know about X, Y, and Z. There's got to be a BBC out there of, 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 of PR agents, are there? Well, like you know, the Public group? Relations Society of America is a great guide. Um, it's a national organization that has a very comprehensive code of ethics, Members are expected to follow that code of ethics, um, and those members who are what they call accredited public relations professionals or who have taken the APR exam um, has, have thoroughly delved into uh, the ethical code of the PRSA. And also the International Association of Business Communicators has a similar code. Um, so, you know, if you look towards the, the national um, organizations for, for the profession, um, and you look at the membership of those organizations, you can get a pretty good feel for the firms that take this stuff seriously. What kind of work are you doing with the Public Relations Society of America? I know you were the chair-elect for 2010. Yeah, for the Counselors Academy. I'm very involved. Um, I am the ethics officer for the New Jersey chapter. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm also going to be a member of the um, tri-state uh, board. Uh, I, I am currently on the board and, as you said, going to be chair of the Counselors Academy. And this year, for the first time, I was a delegate to the uh, General Assembly for the organization in Detroit, actually, last week. Uh, and one of the major topics was, to my delight, <laughs> um, ethics and how the organization was really working to ensure that ethical standards were being followed. Um, how do you find the economy is affecting both of you in your congregation and in your business, Anne? You know what? I see that our clients are a little bit nervous about the economy. Um, they're watching their budgets very carefully, but they realize, as the rabbi pointed out earlier, you have to be in it to win it. You know, you have to consistently have your message out there. You have to consistently keep your customer, customer base informed of, of what you're doing um, so that you stay on the radar. So they know that this is still a critical function, um, but they're, they're clearly concerned. And what about you, Rabbi? Do you find more people are coming or fewer people are coming? Because well, people are coming because they're looking for comfort. Uh, there's also, uh, when there are tough times, the question is, where do I put my dollar? Do I put it into my mortgage or do I put it into charity, etc.? Mm -hmm. You know, the way I tell everybody is, 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 if you're a good person and you've always been giving charity, you're going to continue giving charity during tough times. Why? because that is what good people do. If you want to look at it from a religious basis, I go and say to everybody, charity means you're a partner with God. If you're doing God's work down in this world, then why shouldn't you go and have a blessing for continuing doing God's work in this world? Someone has to make the dollar. 
could be your next-door neighbor or you. Why shouldn't the blessing come to you? If more people give charity, then the wealth is going to be spread out to be helped out to many different places. And that is an ultimate great blessing for the entire economy. What, what lessons are in the Torah about you know, communi- you know, giving to the community and social responsibility? God did not create this world to be by ourselves. God created this world to be with humanity. God created this world that human beings have to work together in so many different facets to make this world a better place. So we do have to work with community. We have to work with other people. Not everybody was born in Israel. Not everybody was born in Africa. Not everybody today born in Australia or anywhere else in the world. We have people everywhere in the world, and God says this is one world which we have to make a utopia, make it into a beautiful place. And the ultimate way of helping people and getting people together on board is through education, spreading the word. That is public relations. question is, are you living up to your PR? And if you do, then your PR will be phenomenal because that's what people are very thirsty for. Do you give a similar message, Anne? It seems like it's sort of the core of what you were saying earlier. Absolutely. You know, we cannot deny as we watch the meltdown, you know, in the United States, Japan, Europe, that we are a global economy and we are all interconnected and interdependent. And to ignore that is, is really to be blind in this day and age. And I truly believe that companies need to be socially responsible. I think that it does benefit them in the long term. You know, I personally believe it it, it benefits society at large and that that is the purpose of any business endeavor. And are you You finding in this economy that people are being more charitable in the fact that they want to do that, even though maybe their their fiscal bottom line is hurting? They want to reach out for the bigger cause for the long term? You know, I can only tell you that what I've read, uh, you know, we work with a lot of nonprofits, and uh, I sit on a couple boards, and I have to tell you, they're seeing charitable giving drop right now, and it's a problem. You know, I mean, just here in New Jersey, the food bank has an article in the paper just about every day pleading for donations because their coffers are empty. So... um, you know, when times are good, people will give. And like the rabbi said, some people give all the time, but not all do. Right. Well, that's all the time we have left today. and sort of leaving on a sad note, but everybody can give to their local food bank. I, I heard a beautiful note. I heard a beautiful note. Just get out there and continue doing the goodwill. And you'll see, you'll be in a better place. I didn't hear a sad note. I said, keep on giving. Good. (laughs) Well, I want to thank my incredible guests, Chaim Mentz of Chabad of Bel Air and uh, Anne Supervi of Utopia Communications. Thank you both so much. It was a very, very compelling show. I also want to thank my sponsor again, Cision, C-I-S-I-O-N dot com. I want to thank my theme composer, my nephew, Doran. You can find him at doranrk at yahoo.com and my executive producer, John Missel. Join us next week for Making the Wire Sizzle with Peter Shankman of Harrow, helping a reporter out. Until then, this is your host, Maureen Kettis. Have a great week. Don't forget to relate to your public, whoever they may be. Thanks again for listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis. PR Insider is brought to you by Cision, helping communications experts navigate the sea of social media. Visit them on the web at us.cision.com. And make sure you join us again next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. And have a great week.